Just had a bunch of callers drop off. Phone lines are totally jammed. You know I got Matt Williamson coming on. Give me a call back after Williamson at 412-922-2874. WD Hammer tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Who cares if Ben and Haley get along? Dunlap's been trying to cook it up all season. It's football, not a prom date. Hell, me and my prom date didn't get along either. That's why we got married. Matt Williamson joins me now here on the Crowley Show. All right, Matt, where do you want to start? You tell me, brother. It's your show. <sighs> Was the right call made at the end of the game? I don't know if it's the call, and I don't know who did that. Was it Ben or whomever? I, I, well, I think you should take a shot. You know, I, I think you had one more play in you before the spike. If it's going to be a fake spike, fine. I mean, maybe that is the ideal situation. But you got to remember, A.B. wasn't on the field, and I think if they run that play, it would be A.B., not Rodgers. I think you can't overlook that fact. However, when I've never seen a fake spike play that takes the receiver into the middle of the field where everybody's hopefully standing around doing nothing. You know, like, it, it doesn't make any freaking sense. Right. Like, that should be a fade or some sort of outbreaking route that if you miss them, it goes into the stands and who cares. You know what I mean? I know what you mean precisely. Yes. And, in fact, I, I think that's what needed to happen there. It's incredibly frustrating for Steelers fans, that entire sequence that went down. Now, I've said Ben should have thrown it away on the second down play. Uh, I don't know if I agree with myself anymore the more I've thought about it. Uh, I think people are too critical on that one. You expect him to get out of bounds, and it didn't happen, and that stinks. But they frantically then, since he stayed in bounds, didn't really know what the plan was then. Should they have known what the plan was at that point? We talked about this on SNR a lot, and I guess a lot of people were telling Dale, Steelers have two plays called for that. You know, because you have all that time to wait, and you have all this time to get two plays called. And my response to that was, that only works if it's incomplete. Because how do you know what the down and distance is going to be for play number two? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you get down to the one, or if there's a penalty... There's much different situations, and it wasn't incomplete. So they probably did have two plays called. Um, should he have dumped it to Hayward Bay? I mean, that's not the ideal situation. It was the outlet, and it looked like everyone else was covered, so he settled. But, I mean, uh, that to me, that's not the end of the world. Did the referees make the right call at the end of the game? The James call? Yes. Yes. The people that built the rules didn't do that properly, and it hurt the Steelers. I mean, that... That rule, to me, is poorly written and needs revised. You know, going back to the Calvin Johnson touchdown, not cut touchdown, didn't finish the catch nonsense. Same situation. I mean, to me, it was the right. The rest did fine. When you look at how the Steelers match up now against New England, how did this game change your viewpoint? I'm much more confident. I mean, I think that the Gronkowski problem is significant, to put it mildly, and isn't going away, that there isn't an answer for it. But I think what's lost in this conversation is there was a Le'Veon Bell problem created that the Patriots had no answer for. And there was no Antonio Brown they were even trying to deal with for most of the game. That's what I was about to say, if you didn't interrupt me. Nice! I mean, and that was without A.B., you know, that... 
two games in a row, Belichick has gotten a gift where the number one or worse, number two thing that you've been worried about all week goes out of the game rather early in the game and makes life easy on you. And and the Steelers still ran the ball well and still exploited linebackers with Bell. And I was pretty I'm pretty happy about that turn of events. Do they win the game with A.B.? Probably. I mean, I think they were the better team without him, to be very honest with you. I mean, that's, that's about as fluky of an end as it gets. I mean, it's kind of Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl-esque, you know, and I mean, it helps that Belichick has made a deal with the devil, and, you know, so that that's hard to overcome. But, you know. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. What did the Steelers do differently defensively this time around? Obviously, on the TV side of things, there was a lot of talk about man-to-man, and it was apparent that they were doing that. What other kind of wrinkles did they do, and uh, who was successful at stopping whom? Give give me everything, Matt. Give it all to me right now. Yeah, I mean, that was the key, obviously, and and I think... That's encouraging. You know, like I was worried, can the corners hold up in man-to-man? I think that answer was yes. Is there an answer for Gronk in man-to-man? No. (laughs) Is Sean Davis, um, are you happy with him in that capacity? No, absolutely not. And that goes further back than just this game. And I understand he's still young and maybe he'll get to be that guy. Maybe when you go man, he'll be your tight end guy. You know, like when the Patriots go man, Chung's their tight end guy. You know, I mean, a lot of these heavy man teams usually go that direction. Landon Collins does it for the Giants. Um, Davis isn't there yet. And I've also said today several times, with respect to A.B. and Odell and Julio, there might not be a tougher man-to-man coverage player in the league than Gronk, you know, just because he's bigger than a house. You know, I mean, so... I don't think that gets fixed. We did see Hargrave on the field more than generally speaking, especially early on. I thought that went well. Um, I'm still concerned about the inside linebacker play, namely Sean Spence. And I know he's only been here two weeks, but why is he playing that many snaps and not doing it well and kind of excused it the first week, and now I'm kind of looking at him going, he's not good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that he's the answer. Not to say that Matikevich will be or that, you know, Fort is. For some reason, he's not getting on the um, on the field, which doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either, Matt. And these aren't problems that are likely to go away. What is... Those, what's that? Those two aren't. The Gronk problem and inside linebacker problem aren't going to go away. No, they're not. What difference would Joe Hayden make coming back? Does um, Is there a trickle-down effect? I thought Cam Sutton played a pretty good game, and uh, I know that Hilton uh, defended a couple of passes. I, I thought actually Brady threw late on both of those balls, but he still made the play. Uh, I think getting Hayden, I mean... Certainly be nice. I mean, You can at least try something different with Gronk, right? Maybe. You know, I mean, we saw a couple plays because, you know, where Hilton ended up on Gronk or Burns ended up on Gronk. And maybe you could put Burns on Gronk more often with Hayden on the field. You know what I mean? Like, if you trust Sutton, uh, if you have Nickel in there, maybe Burns becomes the follow Gronk guy, or at least situationally. He has some size. He certainly has more corner skills than Davis. Um, I think Hayden coming back is gigantic, you know, for the team. But against the Patriots, I don't know it's as big as it is against other teams, you know, especially teams that are really good with two wide. Although the next time you see the Patriots, you might have Hogan back playing really well, and that would be on Hayden. 
Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Matt, the Steelers, we've talked about it. They did everything that they wanted to do offensively. It's unbelievable to me that they were able to have so much success when A.B. left. And uh, it really, uh, I mean, you would have noticed had he been there, certainly. But they had to have, I'm sure, altered their game plan. Uh, um, If not significantly, then at least a little bit. And that, to me, was really encouraging. And now, whenever you've got... Antonio Brown out, you now have Marcus Gilbert coming back. I wonder if running the football becomes their primary mode to try to win these next two games going into the playoffs. And that sounds wonderful, and I think that's true. But that wear and tear worries me a little bit with Bell because Connor got hurt too, yeah. you know. Uh, so do you want – part of me is thinking, boy, this is a great opportunity for Bryant and Juju to get more touches and even show further what they can do and get more confidence from Ben and in themselves. Um, the Texans are bad. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about this Friday. Their corners are not very good. Their run defense is not very good. And we know the Browns are much better against the run than they are the past, but they're not a good football team. I don't know – that using up Bell, you know, and putting that in air quotes is wise, unless you have to. Yeah, and in fact, I was surprised they spelled him as much as they did in this last game. And maybe that was on him. Maybe maybe he was saying, "I need it." I, I don't know, but I he like was it. A dominant player, and and it didn't kill them. That's for sure. No, it absolutely did not. Uh, again, so you talk about the things that aren't going to get better for Pittsburgh if they play New England, the linebacker play, Rob Gronkowski. What's not going to get better for New England? What are they not going to be able to take away? I still think that Cam and Tuitt can be disruptive on the inside. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that'll continue. And Brady will take a few more hits and make nasty faces. Um, I still think that they won't have an answer for Bell, although I'm sure they'll concoct some things. I mean, they'll scheme things up. But if Brown's in the game, that becomes really, really difficult. And even though Van Noy will return sooner than later, Bell will eat him alive, too. <laughs> you know, So I don't know that they have a Bell answer. So that's highly promising. Um, what else? I mean, uh, to me, those were the two things you leaned on, was Bell and Gronk, and probably will again. Matt, I know you're not in the narrative business, So that's kind of why I want to ask you this question, because I want your perspective on it. Uh, There are some media national guys who have been saying, oh, the Patriots got things done because in the final moments they were detailed, the Steelers weren't, yada, yada, yada. And I kind of think that that's going into the game with a preconceived notion that one team does things one way and the other team might not always be on the details. Certainly at the end of the game, the Steelers didn't do a good, good enough job there. But New England... I mean, they gave up a 69-yard pass play to Juju Smith-Schuster and what in for 80 years was a touchdown the next play. Like, they let the Steelers come down the field and score on two plays, and yet all of a sudden I'm, I'm supposed to believe that they had everything buttoned down on their side too? <laughs> right. You know, and that James call, I think it was the right one, but it easily could have gone either way. Yeah. And the Juju play was much like uh, Bell against the Bengals, where they just didn't knock him out of bounds. Is that great discipline and coaching and having all your T's crossed and I's dotted? I mean, no. I mean, they quit on the play thinking he was going to just duck right out of bounds, and he turned it up. I mean, that's not good football. Um, so, no, I'm with you. I mean, 
the last play was a disaster, and I blame Ben for that. I mean, I, that's a ball that can't be thrown, and he played really well other than that. But, you know, that was the difference in the game. And even so, I mean, if he throws that ball ten times, it probably only gets picked off two or three. I mean, usually that ball ends up falling harmlessly to the ground, even though it's a bad, bad decision. I realize that I'm not on the field, and I'm not throwing the football, or I'm not Eli Rogers, but... If Ben puts that one a little out in front a little bit more, I'm not convinced that that's not at least getting the Eli Rogers. Possibly, you know, and and I really do not want to bring the refs up because I thought it was a well officiated game. But Dale mentioned that Eli was really complaining that his jersey was getting tugged, and I think it was, and that probably contributed to some as well. In the end, I think there's only one conclusion to that play: is you can't release that football there. No, and and again, I'll agree with that too. And if you release, you throw it into the 15th row. I mean, that's what that, you do. That's what needs to happen. Throw it. Yeah, away. right, right, right. I mean, throwing in the middle of the field like that, there's nothing good that's going to come of it. No, certainly, especially when that's not Brown and it's Eli. And I'm betting that if Brown's in the game, and if Ben looks at him and they're doing the fake spike BS, I bet you that ball is going to the back pylon. Right, right. I mean, you throw the fade to Brown, then I would assume you know he's more apt to do that than he. you don't want to throw a fade to Eli, no. which, which I think is what you're saying. Yeah, Eli's about as tall as me. Uh, in fact, uh, might even be a little bit shorter than me. So, yeah, I'm not throwing that fade ball to Eli. Uh, you talked about the pressure being brought on New England uh, in this game. <laughs> Man, it was, as a guy who, who roots for the Steelers, which I do, uh, not as obnoxiously as I did when I was younger, but... Uh, there was a third down uh, later in the game when the Patriots had to settle for a field goal that Brady's sitting back there and I'm just I'm just waiting for the touchdown pass to be thrown right and he gets sacked and it, it makes me feel like they've got the recipe at least I'm not saying they're going to go to Foxborough and definitely beat these guys I wouldn't be silly to predict that even but all the things we said they needed to do they did and I think that a lot of these things are portable, too. Yes, and without the best receiver in the league, and um, I'm sure Belichick's going to you know, crinkle up his mustache and come up with some new things that they haven't seen next time around, and you'd certainly rather play in Heinz Field than in New England. But uh, maybe I'm foolish, but I come away liking their chances in New England better now than I did last week. Oh, I feel the same way about that. Who do you think's the better football team? I thought Pittsburgh was a better football team yesterday, and uh, pretty darn equal. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to think about that tonight. I'm doing power ranks tomorrow. I had New England won last week by default because Philly lost Wentz, and, you know, I mean, I'll probably have these two one and two, but I'm not sure who I'll pick. Appreciate the time, Matt. Looking forward to talking to you on Friday. All right, brother. See you soon. Yes, sir. There he goes, Matt Williamson. SNR, Steelers Radio Network, and the Locked On NFL Podcast. Coming up next, do you have faith now that the Steelers can beat New England and Foxborough? 412-922-2874. Any other miscellaneous topics that you want to get to as well? Because we had a lot of people on hold before. 412-922-2874. We were supposed to be joined today by Stu Gotts from the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts. I believe we'll have him tomorrow he texted me, John Skipper, president of ESPN, resigned, and they're really busy with all that. Funny thing is, I had a dream last night about Stu Gotts that he came to my house with Dan Lebitard, and we hung out for a couple of hours. 
Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one. I think you did. Yeah, it was pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and like coughed up a hairball all over our kitchen floor. And it was like the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away. And then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. Do you feel better about the Steelers' chances of going to Foxborough and winning than you did before yesterday's game? 412-922-2874. I sure as bleep do. I said going into the game that the Steelers had a 0% chance of beating the Patriots in New England. I don't think that's the case any longer. If the Steelers are lucky enough and good enough to go to the AFC Championship game, they can win. They showed me a lot yesterday. They played man across the board. They got pressure on Tom Brady. They ran the ball down the throats of the Patriots. They scored 24 or 31 points, depending on your perspective. This without Antonio Brown for most of the game. This without Chris Hubbard as the sixth offensive lineman. This without Joe Hayden. This without Vance McDonald. Imagine Vance McDonald being part of this game playing, too. When he's healthy, he's a difference maker for this team. I feel good about the Steelers' chances of going there. They might get Branch back on the defensive line. Eh, he's just a guy. They might get Van Noy back. Eh, he's just a guy. They'll get Hogan back, and that makes a difference. But I think the Steelers are as good, if not better, than New England. I really do. It doesn't guarantee you anything. But if they go to Foxborough, I like their chances. 412-922-2874. DJ and Carnegie next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good, hey, buddy. As far as the game, game goes, uh, I think that was a catch. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the rules are. I don't think that ball ever touched the ground. Okay? I think his hand was actually underneath the uh, – between the ball and the ground anyway. And his knee was down, so his elbows was down. If you read the rule book, it states any part of the body that it touches first, as long as you have control – it, it, it should be a touchdown. I don't know if you read the rule, but basically he actually had control when his knee was down. He lunged over with the ball to break the plane. As soon as you break the plane, it should be automatic. The ball should be dead. I mean, it let should me, be a dead let, ball. Let, yeah, let me read this for you, DJ. Uh, it says, item one, player going to the ground. And my apologies for the minutia here, but a player is considered to be going to the ground if he does not remain upright long enough to demonstrate that he is a, clearly a runner. If a player goes to the ground in the act of catching a pass with or without contact by an opponent, he must maintain control of the ball until after his initial contact with the ground, whether in the field of play or the end zone. So that's where it gets murky to me. DJ. Yeah, so so basically he had control when his knee was down. And That's the initial contact, right? Right. So to me, I mean, it's a touchdown. It shouldn't have been, I mean, as soon as it the, crosses that plane, he, his knee was down, his elbow was down, and he broke the plane. I mean, I still issue, don't think the ball ever touched the ground. Well, and I'll agree with that. I still, I've seen that thing, and thank you for the call. I've seen that a thousand times. I have. I've watched that a thousand times. I haven't counted, but I imagine about a thousand times. And I still can't tell you that ball definitively touched the ground. The referees did not need to overturn that. They were looking to overturn it after a couple of minutes. They didn't need to. In fact, if they would not have reviewed it, I don't think Belichick or Tomlin would have complained. Well, certainly not Tomlin, but Belichick wouldn't have complained. He said after the game, he said, I didn't know what they were reviewing. I had no idea. I thought it was clear. It's the gray area in the rule. 
if a player goes to the ground in the act of catching a pass with or without contact by an opponent, he must maintain control of the ball until after his initial contact with the ground, whether in the field of play or the end zone. If he loses control of the ball and the ball touches the ground before he regains control, the pass is incomplete. So that's the next line there. But if his knee touches, he catches it, his elbow touches, when does the initial contact, quote-unquote, happen? Is it when the ball touches the ground or it was when the body touches the ground? And that's what causes the confusion. Because the referee, after the game, said the ball did not survive the ground. So that is an RIP ball. Thoughts and prayers go to the ball for not surviving to the ground. That's that interpretation, but you could interpret it this differently too. And that's why people are pissed because they want to go look up the rules to find out whether they got it right or wrong, and you can't tell. You can't. 412-922-2874. Hunter in Virginia next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Hunter? Hey, Adam. How's it going? I'm eating a cookie. It's very good. Sounds good. Um, so so I wanted to talk about uh, it's going up to Foxborough potentially. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things got to happen between now and then, obviously for, for both teams. Um, but as you brought up at the beginning of the segment, I think both teams issues, um, stopping the other team were personnel issues and Pittsburgh's personnel gets a lot better. Um, it went healthy compared to New England's. I mean, not to downplay Van Noy, but Van Noy doesn't compare to Antonio Brown. No. You know, Van Noy doesn't compare to Vance McDonald, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. So he's pro- Hogan's probably the best player they get back. I don't know if he's the most influential. I think Van Noy matters a little more because of how weak their front seven is. Who, um, who's, he might not be as good as Hogan, but... I And I'll agree. Who's better, Joe Hayden or Chris Hogan? Uh, Joe Hayden. I think Joe Hayden, too. So uh, a, 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 a lacrosse player is not uh, is not better than than a former All Pro. No, no question about that. So the Steelers will get reinforcements, and thank you for the call four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. That'll help. New England will get their reinforcements, but I like who the Steelers have coming back, and the Steelers just played them even without their best player. I don't think you can overlook that the Steelers didn't have their best player for most of this game. That means something if you get him back. And, of course, fingers crossed there. Fingers crossed if you're a Steelers fan, Steelers take care of business between now and then. You can't lose again if Jacksonville wins out. And they're playing some trash teams. In fact, they're playing some ass teams. Houston and Cleveland. You hope that this wasn't so much of an emotional letdown that they're not going to play well against those guys. But the Steelers need to take care of business before going to Foxborough. But if they get there, I feel a little bit better about it. Steelers Jimmy in Chicago next up. Hello. Yeah. What's up, Adam? And you know, typically I'm not a little bitch about losing, man. But this one, this one, this one made me sick. But you know, so I agree with you, Adam. The guy's okay. He catches the ball. His knees on the grass. Then he sees he hasn't been touched, and he lunges forward. The ball breaks the plane. I mean, eight times out of ten on any given Sunday, 
that's a touchdown. And like you said, if it wasn't overturned, if it did stand and it was a touchdown, no one would be saying anything about it. It'd be, it'd be fine because that's what everybody thought it was anyway. And then as far as, you know, who they're getting back, Hogan isn't, didn't, didn't Branch, their big fat guy in the middle, not play last night? He did not, and that's a big deal because he's better than what they've got, but he's still, right. not, he's still not great. Yeah, but I still think we can run the ball on I him. do, too. So, I mean, and, and, and preparing for the Steelers all week without Antonio Brown, I mean, for us, it is a lot different than in-game. You know, like, oh, shoot, we just lost Brown. Now what are we going to do? You know, so, uh, you know, like Belichick got lucky on that, and we had to adjust on the fly. And I think we did really, really well for that happening for us. And well, you know what? You know what, Steelers, Jimmy? The, yeah. the Steelers lost Antonio Brown? Yeah. And then they still did whatever they wanted to offensively against New England. I mean, I guess they put up 10 points in the second half, but they, they scored 17 points without Antonio Brown in the football game. The the master Bill Belichick, you would have figured, would be able to cook something up, right? I like yeah, their chances. I do. They're awesome, awesome red zone defense. I mean, we you know, we scored on them. You know? and, and here's just one little bright thing, and I know I'm reaching here. Reach, baby. But at least, at least we don't have the pressure of having to beat that same team twice. And you know how that goes, you know? You never want to play that team twice in the same season with that pressure on, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? I do, and, 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 let, and I'll say this, yeah. and, and thank you for the call, man. i got to let you Okay, run. Adam. All right, bud. When the game kicks off between New England and Pittsburgh, if there's a second one, no one's going to be thinking about the first one. It's if the Steelers play better that day, they're going to win. I thought you could argue that the Steelers played better yesterday. They didn't win. But if they're healthy and they play their best game, I think that they're better than New England. Now you got to find a way to stop Rob Gronkowski. You have to. But they're going to have to try to stop Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Steelers can have Joe Hayden back. I like their chances of going to Foxborough and beating them better now than before this game. What say you? 412-922-2874. Here's something else on New England, and this pisses me off to high heaven. Colin Cowherd is really good at his job, right? He knows how to piss y'all off, and he's going after Steelers fans, and some Steelers fans are falling for it, and perhaps I'm falling for it right now, but hey, this is radio and radio v. radio, right? Coward and the Boston media keep talking about how the Patriots made plays in crunch time and the Steelers didn't. Look, the Steelers didn't make a couple of big plays. Sean Davis should have picked off Tom Brady. He didn't. That's a huge play. Ben Roethlisberger should not have thrown an interception. That's a huge play. Those are two plays that weren't made in the midst of crunch time. So from one standpoint, they're right. The Steelers didn't do enough to win. They didn't make those plays. But at the same hand... It's an easy narrative if you already think that going in. It's an easy narrative if you think that the Patriots are star-spangled awesome and don't do anything wrong at the end of football games. For them to win, and then you just say, oh, New England did everything right down the stretch just like they always do. Piss off. No, they didn't. They gave up a 69-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. Nice. They should have given up a touchdown on the next play. 
In fact, for 80 freaking years, that is a touchdown. Two plays, the Steelers went down the field. So don't tell me that the Patriots did everything right. Really? You think Bill Belichick's coaching him up to not push Juju Smith-Schuster out of bounds at the end? Oh, my God. Someone else tweeted out today, I know for a fact that Bill Belichick tells his players at the goal line not to reach over the goal or they'll be put on the bench. Yeah, that's garbage. There's no way that he tells his players to do that. No chance. What did James White do in the freaking Super Bowl? He reached forward. Stupid. Belichick gets the benefit of the doubt for everything, including this game where they easily could have lost. They don't make mistakes. Oh, really? Did Tom Brady not throw one directly to Sean Davis? If Sean Davis intercepts that, the narrative goes pop. The noise that I made probably wasn't loud enough to be picked up over there. There you go. He returns it for a touchdown, or the Steelers run the clock out, and what you hear is they finally bested Brady, right? Brady made a mistake down the stretch. Sean Davis drops it, and all of a sudden Brady didn't make that mistake. He still made a mistake. They just didn't capitalize on it. I know they're good, but they don't need to be propped up even more than they are. I mean, for the love of God, I know that they've won five championships. I know that they won yesterday, but it doesn't mean that they did everything right because they didn't. They just didn't. And maybe the details were lacking on Pittsburgh's side, especially at the end, but the details were act were lacking on New England's side too. They gave up a 69-yard freaking catch. If the Steelers did that, if the Steelers gave up a 69-yard catch on the final drive where it was totally uh, a mistake by the defensive back not pushing the player out of bounds, Steelers fans would burn the stadium to the ground. Oh, my God, Mike Tallman's team choked again down there. They don't know anything about how to coach a defense. When Belichick's team did it, they still, they did everything right. Bull bleep. They got lucky. They did. The Patriots got lucky. Because God knows Bill Belichick and his stupid hoodie made a deal with the devil 16 years ago. Here's what I'm going to do. This is Bill Belichick talking, by the way. Actually, let me, oh, just to differentiate. Oh, listen here, devil. If I cut off my Johnson, will you give me a great quarterback in the sixth round? And then I'm going to win a championship. And then I'll just start cutting other body parts off and just give me one for every every everything I cut off. This is Tom Brady walking out of the stadium with the victory yesterday. A little spring in his step. He knows he got lucky. Bastard. Let's go to Robert in Texas next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Robert. Hey, how's it going, Adam? I'm a first-time caller. I don't have much time. I'm still at work. But, man, uh, everybody's talking about how we have to go to New England and beat them in New England. However, I think that Buffalo has a real shot at taking these guys out the last game of the season. And if we win out, then that means that we will have home field advantage. So there's a 
chance that the New England Patriots would have to come back to Pittsburgh. I mean, and I appreciate the call, Robert. Bro, I mean, did you miss what I just said? Bill Belichick cut off his dilly-dilly so that he could draft Tom Brady in the six rounds. Nothing would ever bad happen to him. I mean, they cheated, right? They cheated with Spygate and all the Oh, draft pick. They used to won a couple championships. Deflategate. Oh, good. Tom Brady rested for four games. Big friggin' whoop. 412-922-2874. Coming up next, there should be a challenge flag for common sense. Crowley Show. Coming up at 6, 15 minutes from now, it's Ben Rothenberg, the guy from the New York Times that people thought was Ben Roethlisberger, and we're ripping him left and right. Now, here's a question for listeners. Do we treat him like he's Roethlisberger whenever he comes on? Should I start asking him questions about the end of the game, or should I just ask him about what happened? Maybe I'll do both. Stay tuned to find out. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. The week before Christmas sucks. If you're a kid, well, you're probably not listening to the show. But if you're a kid, it's the longest week ever. If you're an adult, you're just waiting for your next day off. I've always found that that's the case. Even in this job, I love this job, but that's the way it goes, right? Thanksgiving happens, you get a day off. A couple of days off, in fact. This year, four-day weekend. Oh, my gosh, it's fabulous. And then when's the next day off? Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, we're so close to Christmas. So this week seems long. For Steelers fans, it's even longer. Because not only did you just lose to the hated New England Patriots, but you lost them in such a frigging brutal fashion. This loss hurt more for me than the AFC Championship game lost last year. I don't know why. I think that it's probably because I came to terms with that loss midway through the game. Once the Steelers started getting blown out and the Patriots started stretching the lead, you knew it was over. This year, I thought they were going to win for most of the game. At halftime, they were up 17-10. They were playing really good football. I thought they were going to win. And I thought they were going to win at the end of the game because Juju Smith-Schuster is running down the field and no one's tackling him. And then they lost, and it's like... Indiana Jones whenever the heart gets ripped out. And for my mom, literally that's what it was like. She had chest pain and had to go to the ER. She's fine now. Patriots tried to kill my mom. Devin next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, my man? What's up, buddy? I didn't even think I was going to call him today, man. I was <clears throat> distraught last night. <laughs> you know, I've been there before, Devin, as a sports fan, where on some days after bad losses... I don't want to watch highlights. I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to hear sports talk. I just listen to music, and I go on my merry way. Because you just kind of want to forget about it. Push it as far back in your in your mind as possible. Yeah, a lot of things that I thought were going to happen happened in that game. And I'm talking about for us. We were executing, man. Mm-hmm. Cam got a sec. Even Bud got a sec. Um, we went. We had 56 seconds on the clock. And for God's sake, we went down the field in two plays. But actually got a touchdown on the second one. Um... It reminds me of the uh, the Yankees. I used to watch them when I was a little younger, um, in the early, I mean, the late nineties, early two thousands. And I used to watch them play teams. And for some reason, 
I would see something on TV that I never saw before, like some type of baseball god would come out of nowhere and do something for them to help them win the game or the championship with some miraculous something that you never saw historic. And it seems like that always, but now my team is on the other end of that. And it's like the the, 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 the Patriots or the Yankees and we're the Red Sox or, or whatever team that we're Dude, in the World Series. We're the, we're the Capitals, man. And they're the Penguins. They, they win championships. And look, the Steelers have had actual success. So that's where it's different. But of late, the Penguins have won championships, and the Capitals always wind up getting stomped on along the way. And that's what's happening with the Steelers when they play the Patriots. Uh, thanks for the call, Devin. Here's a funny story. My buddy Zach lives in Columbus, Ohio, and he was watching the game with a lot of Browns fans. And when Juju Smith-Schuster streaking down the sideline, they turn to him and go, Man, what's that like to have a good football team? For the Patriots to punch you in the mouth, and then you come and punch them right back. And my buddy Zach was like, man, just lucky where I was born, I suppose. That's what you get as a Steelers fan. And now they're finally punching back. That's what they usually do to everyone, and now they're finally doing it against the Patriots. Then Ben throws the ball, gets tipped and intercepted, and they all looked at him and said, you probably don't know what that's like, but we're right there with you, pal. Imagine that, being a Browns fan. 0-14 this year. Just terrible. How about the way that this game unfurled at the end. Juju's running down the field. It's one thing if they don't get close, right? It's one thing if they're on their way to field goal range and they don't get into field goal range because then you're like, ah, damn, they came up short. Well, now I don't even know if they came up short because I kind of feel like they scored a touchdown that got taken away from them because common sense dictates that it should be a touchdown. I want you to tell me what you think about this. at 412-922-2874. Should the NFL have a Common sense challenge flag. Because by the NFL's definition, Jesse James was in the process of the catch when the ball hit the ground, so it should have been incomplete unless he had established himself as a runner. They deemed he didn't, but why not? At what point should James have become a runner? He caught the ball. His knee hit the ground. He then thrust himself forward towards the goal line. Clearly, he had control of the ball. All this is is a technicality. That's it. A technicality. The NFL needs a common sense challenge flag that you can throw on the field. Mike Tomlin can say, that's BS. I know for a fact that that should be a touchdown despite what your convoluted BS rule says. So that should be reversed. And the referees just have to put their hands in the air and say, okay, give me a common sense challenge flag. Obviously, I'm kidding, but this league is so frigging devoid of common sense. It's so frustrating. And for casual fans like my wife, who's a casual fan at best, I mean, she'll have the game on in the background. This game she paid special attention to, obviously, because the whole frigging city did, too. And when I got home, she asked me a thousand questions. Why is that not a catch? They say it didn't survive the ground. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> How do you deem if something survives the ground? It rolled a little bit, but it looked like his hands were under it. That's what she said. This is her saying this, not me. Looked like his hands were under it, even though it moved. Shouldn't I mean, he still had a catch, right? Now, others will say it hit the ground, but I never saw that conclusively. Some people have sent me screenshots of where they say the ball is hitting the ground, but the, his hands are still blocking the view. And it's allowed to hit the ground as long as you maintain control. And 
you say it moved, but it's not possible it moved when his other hand came in contact with the ball? Look, I understand why they went by the rule that they went by. But common sense tells you that that's a freaking touchdown. A hundred out of a hundred people who watched that live would have said it's a touchdown. A hundred out of a hundred. The refs said it was a touchdown. That's another aspect of this whole thing. What did they see conclusively where they're like, oh, okay, let's just overturn this. That's what their voices sound like, I imagine. In my nightmares. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. It's frustrating. It's a it's a difficult way to lose when the Steelers can walk away, I think, feeling like they're the better team. One more thing from this game. Really freaking good to have Martavis Bryant, right? I'm not usually the I told you so kind of guy, but I told you so. Some of y'all wanted to cut his ass. In fact, Colin Dunlap wrote a column last week saying, I want this guy cut. Now, an opinion's an opinion. Whatever. Brian had four catches, 59 yards, including a huge third down reception, a long catch, and a touchdown. If you don't have that guy and Antonio Brown goes down against the Patriots, guess what? It's the same exact situation you're into last year all over again. Except they had a B then, but you look at the other receivers. You've got Kobe Hamilton. You had Sammy Coates. If they didn't have a B this year, and then you don't have Martavis, it's Juju, and then what? So good thing that they had him. And good thing Juju turned out to be the find that he is. Second round, youngest player in the draft. Clutch. Six catches, 114. I have faith in this receiver core without Brown for the next couple of weeks. I do. And I think with the addition of Marcus Gilbert back into the fold, you'll see the Steelers go big with Chris Hubbard as a de facto sixth offensive lineman. They'll be fine the next two weeks. And they should have everyone healthy if nobody else gets healthy come the playoffs. And if they win the next two games, they'll get that week off. Let's go to Mark in the car. What's up, Mark? Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Good. So, two things. First of all, I would compare the gut-wrenching nature of that overturned moment to the euphoria of the moment when uh, Antonio Holmes in the touch in the Super Bowl when they ruled out a touchdown. Um, it, it was that hard and, for you? It was bad? I mean, it was like... Like you said, when Juju's flying down the field, um, it's that it's that feeling like, oh man, we got this. But, anyways, the the other thing I want to say is is that I agree that when he dove forward and the ball, I think that the ball did move, blah blah blah, whatever. But I think that he established himself as a runner when he was on his knee and he pivoted and dove forward over the goal line. You know what, man? I've said the same thing, and. I think I might be saying it out of biases, but I think that the issue is that you don't know why he's not a runner at that point. I think that's the problem. We're all saying, well, why is he not a runner? And we haven't really gotten a good uh, explanation on that. And and, And the ref can't get inside someone's head and determine intent. 
And the other thing is, is that you're supposed to have indisputable video evidence to overturn a call on the field. I don't see indisputable video evidence no. of anything. No, and neither did I. And thank you for the call. 412-922-2874. I'm getting pissed off all over again. Hopefully by tomorrow I'll feel better. This will help. Stu Gotts from the Dan Lebetard Show says he's going to try to join us at 630. Busy day for him. If he can't, no hard feelings. If he does, excellent. But coming up next, Ben Rothenberg from the New York Times, the man who was confused on Twitter as Ben Roethlisberger and bombarded with you idiots tweeting him. That's next. Crowley Show.